You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 858 Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Welcome to Sports Day SA on a beautiful Monday afternoon in Adelaide. Sun shining all about the place. My name's Paul Bonder alongside me, Richard Douglas. Richie, welcome to Sports Day SA. Love to be back and great to be joined by you, Bonds. It's, yeah, uh, filling in the chair for uh, Hooky yeah, and Wills. Yep, <laughs> got to keep me out. Like a good side, want to play well and keep me out of the side. See how we go. You can be part of the show. You can uh, give us a call on 8223 or text 0437 Six nine three zero six zero and uh, okay, look, it's been a massive day in Adelaide oh, for as both for both our AFL teams. The Crows getting Rankin done, Port uh, getting Jason Horn Francis done, and uh, Willie Rioli, of course. So that is our hot topic. Yeah. All right. So all thanks to Char Time for home and the home of freshly brewed tea. And uh, are you thirsty at Char Time? Explore our ready-made signature drinks range inspired by our Char Time fans. It's that easy. Just go down there, have a drink. Good drop. It is a good I'll drop. I'll go down there, down the bay. It's beautiful stuff. Hey, well, should we talk about should we yeah, talk about Rankin first? Yeah, let's start with the Crows. There's a lot to go through with the other one. <laughs> yeah, so giving up pick five for Rankin, but the, probably the point that not a lot of people have seen come was a three year deal, which was quite interesting. Um, on less money reportedly than what initially was uh, thrown around the eight hundred. So. Hmm. Clearly, Rankin, uh, Isaac, looking to back himself in and after three years play some really good footy and potentially be the highest-paid player at the club. So I know the Crows, they'd be pretty happy with that, and I think that sits comfortably. Uh, they still hold a, a pick in the second round and third round, I believe, to attack the draft and get some talent in there as well. So uh, all in all, uh, they were after him, they got it done, got their man, so they'll be pretty pleased. Yeah, Justin Reid spoke about why it was only three years uh, earlier this year. Let's have a listen to what Justin said. Isaac's the type of personality to back himself in. Obviously, uh, he's nearly a 50-game player, and I guess him and his management see some upside. Um, now, he's, I guess he's laid those foundations. So, um, you know, and we're happy to, to work through that with Isaac and see him, you know, as I said, a long-term player at the footy club. And, um, yeah, looking forward to bringing him into the group. Well, that, that to me just says, I want to play for the Adelaide Crows. Yeah. Oh, the rest of my want. life. Yep. Exactly right. I mean, he's not going anywhere now, is he? So, yeah. Uh, 22, I believe. So he's got uh, 10 years of good footy in him. And, uh, I mean, his highlights are as good as anyone. We've seen that. So the, all the Crows members out there, get excited, pack out uh, pack out the stadium. He's going to be taking over Eddie's pockets, I believe. So look out. It's going to be some exciting footy from Isaac. How do you fit all the players in their forward line that they've got at the moment? Let's go through them. Tex, uh, Fogarty, Thilthorpe, Rochelle, McAdam, McHenry, Rankin now, uh, probably Sloaney's going to play a bit forward. How do they all squeeze yeah, in? Murphy, potentially. Uh, yeah. 
Well, Rankin is – that's the elite small forward they've been looking for since bets they haven't had that. They've worked with uh, Rowe, Murphy, and these types. They're good pressure players. They'll bop up and kick a goal or two. But Rankin's dangerous. He's dynamic. He can do it in the air, on the ground. He commands attention from uh, not just their best small defender, but at times – uh, people go tall on him as well. Um, Tech's obviously getting towards the end. So you, you look at the future, it's Rankin, Phil Thorpe, Fogarty, uh, Rochelle, and these types. So that's a pretty dangerous forward line for the next 10 years. That's that's really exciting. And if I guess for now, um, what do the Crows need? They probably need that midfield, don't they? Maybe a key back to be able to supply that dangerous forward line with some uh, quality entries. Well, maybe a couple of those guys, maybe Rankin, maybe Rochelle, move into that midfield. Let's have a listen to what Reedy had to say about that. We've seen Isaac actually play half-back as a, as a young kid, but we've seen him spit through the midfield. And I think last year, or this year, sorry, we had with Joshua Shelley against Collingwood going into the midfield late, and we know what they can do. So we certainly looked to, I guess, have that balance of inside-outside, but then some flexibility. You know, we've seen uh, Berry, uh, Schomburg, uh, those guys at times spend some time forward as well. So um, even Keys. So we look to have that flexibility, uh, we still need to add, obviously, a bit of depth through there, but we still have an exposed Taylor, um, Peddler and those likes. So, as again, we need to we need to be a little bit patient and continually expose the list. Yeah, I like that. I like flexibility, and you get that exactly with Rankin and Michelle. Um Touched on Peddler uh, and the other one I missed there, but uh, they've got some young kids that are untried coming Zach up. Taylor's Zach there. Taylor, sorry, Zach of Taylor. course. Um, I watched a fair bit of him this year. He is an impressive young football. He can play, obviously, Barry, um, we know. So their mids are probably a couple of years behind where they would like them to be, to probably be challenging for finals. But the talent is there. It's going to slowly come to the to the fore. Uh, but the forward line is probably their strongest um, line at the minute. And as I said before, they need to add, I would have thought, a, uh, a tall uh, defender to that mix to really yep. strengthen them up. Yeah, well, you look at the, what the Crows have done the last two years. They bring Jordan Dawson into the club, massive tick. Yep. They get Rankin into the club. That's a big tick. Yep. Is next year the search for that defender? Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, you know, they might try and target it through the draft. Uh, could trade. I guess they probably don't feel that they're in the premiership window. For me, defenders are someone that you get. That's probably your yeah. last piece of your puzzle. A bit like what Melbourne have done with May, Lever, those types. Uh, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that at the moment. Um, trying to get your talent through your forward half and your mids is generally the harder, um, you know, selling point and harder to get those guys. And, and that, that tall mid will come. Generally, the Crows have been really good at finding them, even yes. through rookie spots. So... I've uh, still got Butts. We've got Duda, um, Murray. So it's not um, panic stations just yet, but that's why I would have been really keen to keep Frampton um, for backup there. But uh, he still looks like he's a chance to, to go to the pies. A bit of work still to be done there. Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah. Now let's move on to Port. Uh, Jason Horn, Francis, the number one pick from last year. Uh, as good a player going around at the moment and potentially um, could be anything, this kid. So your thoughts on, on getting that? The mega draft, <laughs> oh, finally it's, done. Yeah, it's impressive. Credit must go to Jason Cripps and Chris Davies um, and the whole Port Adelaide to be able to get Jason back to the club. I know he wanted to get there, but still to be able to get it done is a really yep. tough thing. I didn't think it could get done. I thought it gets too messy um, with four clubs. So you look at what Port Ad- uh, North Melbourne have given up. They've given up Horn Francis and pick one and a 2023 third round in return for two, three, 40 and 
43. So for me, that's a little bit under. So I, was, I didn't think that a club like that would be prepared to um, shift on that. Effectively giving up two pick ones for two and three. Um, so they, I find that a little bit strange, but obviously they've got their, their reasoning behind that. Um, does it, does, is that because Jason has gone, I'm out? Well, like he, 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 and instead of calling his bluff, they've just gone, well, maybe we're better off moving, picking up, you know, taking two and three and, yeah. and see what we can get. I think that clearly says it didn't work out and it was, you know, he was still contracted, so they could have held him to that contract. Absolutely. But he really didn't want to be there and they probably weren't overly keen on keeping him with, you know, maybe some of his behaviours last year and they thought just a little bit too hard. Um and West Coast, for me, they give up pick two and Junior Rioli for pick eight and eight and 12. So they're probably the two out of the four clubs that um, are a bit unders for me, but they've clearly got their strategy and, and they wouldn't have signed off unless they were happy. GWS um, get pick number one in the draft, which is huge for pick three and 12 in a 2023 second round. But um, for Port to be able to get in Horn Francis, Junior Rioli, and they're still talking Radigalia, uh, they're going to be right back up the pointy end of the table next year. There is no doubt about that. Is Junior Rioli a little bit of a insurance policy for Fantasia? Uh, a little With bit Fantasia's body not being 100%? Potentially. Slightly different player. I think um, Rioli's uh, just adds a bit of a pressure as well. Um, can really get up the ground, get back hard to go, and a little bit of X factor. So they'll be pretty happy with that. I'm not sure... Wouldn't expect the world from him. He's got a bit of work to do with his body, but uh, his upside's pretty big, isn't it? Troy's on the line. He wants to uh, chat about uh, Rioli coming to the power. You there, Troy? How you going, boys? Hey, Troy. Yeah. Hey, um, look, I want to talk about the big trade today in Radicalia for the future. Um, we just need to keep a lid on it. But seriously, boys, I reckon that um, Junior Rioli gets Steve Motlock's old number, number six. And Jason Horn will get Robbie Gray's number, number nine. And you boys are in for a bit of a headache. If Radical Lear gets to Port Adelaide, you'll be going, Radical Lear, 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 um, what and about Darcy Burn Jones? Just to throw it in there, as a few. But let's talk about Radical Leah. Do you think he's a good fit for Port Adelaide? Can't make the Geelong first side. Struggled a bit. Injuries. Yeah, I mean he played a couple of games late in the year down back, so I think they've probably been seduced by that a little bit. So all in all, he's probably untried really in the back half of the the ground. But I don't mind him, even if the, that doesn't work out for him. He can st- we know we can play forward, pinch it in the ruck. So he's a really um, he's a utility-type player, very good uh, backup, might be for Finlayson um, and for Dixon. So I think it'd be a really good get if they give up, uh, what, pick 43. They'd probably be able to land him, I would have thought. I would have thought so. And, and he gives you that size down back, and that's probably something that Port are lacking, is a, is a big body down yeah. back. You've got Lear as the intercept marker, and you want him to run off. But... Someone to, I guess, stand a, a Hawkins. Yep. Someone with a big body. A big bear that can just lock down and, and yeah. get it done. Um, yeah, that, I, I'd certainly be all into that. Um, it's probably, you know, if you're giving up pick, you know, 40, 43, whatever it may be, you're probably not losing too much if it doesn't work out over a, a two or three year deal because you can play other positions. I guess it's not going to cost Port Adelaide a lot of no. money, is it, to no. uh, get him at the club and, and worth a shot. Uh, yeah, look, it's been a fantastic day for the SA clubs. 
Oh, it's great. It's um, fantastic that we can finally or we continue to get South Australian talent back in back home in the state because we obviously we know we lose a few, particularly the Crows. So um, exciting, exciting for our you know public. They're going to see Horn Francis. They're going to see Rioli. Uh, they're going to see these ranking the great talent running around Adelaide Oval. It's fantastic. Cannot wait for footy season to start. It just finished, but we're already looking forward to next year. Uh, the trade update is coming up with Sam Fantasia after the break, and you can trade up to Continental Tiles tyres this trade period. We'll be back after the break with Sam Fantasia. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo, Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Paul Bonzer, Richie Douglas with you. And you can be part of the show, 8223 0000. Text us on 0437 uh, sorry, 693 I'll get it out in a minute, Dougie. And this is the trade update, all thanks to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Welcome behind the mic, Sam Fantasia. Hello. It's been a big day. It's been a massive day. In the trade day. world. There's, uh, you thought, all right, we've got one of the big deals across the line with Luke Jackson heading to Fremantle with a few later pick swaps and all that. Then Toby Bedford going from Melbourne to GWS as part of that deal as well. Then it just got bigger. You got mm-hmm. Isaac Rankin heading to the Crows. Uh, a few more pick swaps there with uh, pick five being the center of the deal alongside Isaac. And then we get a mega deal. A four club trade. It just... Um, that we thought was blocked over the weekend. That was probably the biggest news that the AFL yes. blocked Port Adelaide being able to trade out their future first and second round selections. So Port Adelaide have, part, part of the reason this was able to get across the line we be, was because they were able to get back a future second rounder from uh, Collingwood via GWS. Now they can't trade that as part of the Radicalia trade to Geelong because they need to have that second rounder next season as part of the AFL draft guidelines. Right. right. So, have you read all those guidelines? No, there's there's quite a few. I was just brushing up before. I was actually looking to see if Isaac Rankin would be a free agent uh, when he came out of contract at the Crows after that three year deal and all that sort of stuff. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out at the end of his deal. And uh, you know, he's obviously backed himself in for a bigger payment and a longer contract at the end of the three years. So we'll just um, see how it plays out. But um, I just wanted to touch on. Justin Reid talking about Matt Crouch, Lockie Scholl, Fisher Mackesy, and James Rowe. Yeah, I think we've been pretty consistent, I guess, leading into the trade period. I understand the interest with Matt being out of the team a bit during the year, but um, yeah, pretty pretty certain Matt's contracted and, you know, we're looking for a big off-season. We'll be at the club next year. Uh, Scholly um, and Fish are both contracted, so I know both of them are looking for big off-seasons and we've got a few out of contract, James Rowe being one of them. So like most clubs you have, you know, half a dozen guys that have to sit through trade period and list lodgements due at the end of October. So we'll work through that in the coming weeks. But um, we're tight for list spots, but we're obviously working through things over the next 48 hours and the weeks to come. So Jimmy Rose, a really interesting one. What I think would potentially happen with the Crows is Ben Davis gets cut off the rookie list after he was re-rookied last year. And then you probably do the same as to what they did with Ben with James Rowe. So you cut him, but then you re-rookie him. Then you've got Matt Crouch, obviously got one year to run in his contract. Lockie Scholl's still got a year to run in his contract. And Fisher Mackesy still has a year to run in his contract. I think Scholl can be a really decent player. He's one of the few who've received two Rising Star nominations. But I'd be interesting to sort of hear your thoughts on that, Dougie. Yeah, no, I'm saying I think he, uh, he's got a lot of upside. His ball use, his work rate is exceptional. Uh, the question is his contest work. That's what um, has been a negative for him. Uh 
Yeah, and needs another year. But the one with Matt, I just still can't get over. He's got one year left, not on the side this year. He's not going to play next year, and then he's gone. So for me, I just cannot fathom why he would not uh, be seeking um, another home. But, uh, yeah. The whispers about Sydney today, that he they might be a, have a home in Sydney? Uh, yeah. Thoughts on that? He'd be a pretty good fit for them. Yeah, he'd, he'd help. Certainly help. He'd be that inside mid they've lost in Kennedy. Um, so I'd be... I'd be all over that if I was Matt, but uh, he seems pretty settled in Adelaide, so he's going to clearly back himself. He'll have a big summer and, and force his way into the side, so good luck to him. I thought an interesting one was uh, the Bombers trading for Will Satterfield. They've been into him since he was drafted. Uh, what was it? A top five pick in 2016 to the Giants. They were potentially going to use um, an early selection on him if they he, he didn't go to GWS. But you'd think that a proven player like Matt Crouch, if the Bombers are getting someone like Setterfield, who you know you're getting him for... Fine chips. Yeah, exactly. A future yep. fourth round selection, which, you know, they're probably not going to use anyway. Mm. Why not go go after a player for Matt Crouch if you're looking for inside midfield depth? Good question. <laughs> Very good question. What's well, uh, Harold expert, Setterfield? Yeah, he's what, 24? 24, yeah. So yeah. Matt's 27. So, yeah. I mean, maybe three years, but yeah. Interesting, isn't it? It is. Very interesting. Uh, Luke Jackson making his way from Fremantle to Melbourne. So West Coast obviously involved in that pick swap, meaning that he, you know, they just didn't have the currency to get that through. But I think he'll, he'll do quite well over at um, the Dockers. But it's interesting to see what happens with Rory Lobb because they're going to, by all indications, hold him to the last year of his contract instead of sending him to the Doggies, which has uh, been his desire throughout this trade period. And last trade period, he wanted to go back to GWS where he came from. <laughs> He's obviously having a good time over <laughs> in the West, isn't he? But, oh, well, yeah, I mean... You couldn't imagine both of those boys playing in the same forward line. Um, so I would have thought, well, wouldn't you trade him if he's got currency now? Yeah. Because yeah. next year he's, uh, yeah, uncontracted, can go for nothing. So. Do you think that's a bit of a bluff from Frio to the market, uh, saying we're not getting rid of him just be, to push his value up a little? I'm not sure. Yeah, potentially. Or they just back themselves in to keep him. But um, interesting one. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to is – the next year or two seeing this mega trade unfold and who yeah. is the the winner out of these. Um, early on, you obviously think Port are the front runners, but uh, given the draft picks to come in, how it will unfold will be a big talking point over many years, I'm sure. It's um, an interesting point of view from GWS. They've got in pick one, pick 53 and 57. But out goes uh, pick three, 12, and a 2023 second rounder. I think they've uh, given up too much for pick one this year, especially when it's going to go straight to Will Ashcroft uh, at Brisbane Lions. Yeah, they're after the big uh, – his name escapes me, the big uh, forward. They think we'll be able to replace Jeremy Cameron. Um, Partner up with Jesse Hogan. Yeah, in the future. So yeah, I'm with you there. Like, Yeah, three, 12, and – Second round, 23 for one. It's uh, He'd want to be a good player. It'd be, it'd pressure be a on very, him now, doesn't very it? So, good player. And to be able to hold him too. Um, they haven't been able to do that, the Giants, over many years. So they're putting all their eggs in one basket. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, for some of the Crows fans asking why they didn't go after Jack Graham, here's Justin Reid, uh, audio number seven there, Bonds. Jack's a quality young man, but certainly um, yeah, hadn't gone into too much thought there. Isaac was a key focus with what we're trying to achieve and... Um, yeah, so I know he's contracted to Richmond, so I think that's where it will sit. 
And uh, Dougie, I just wanted to hear, uh, we'll, we'll play an audio grab from uh, number six here, Bonds, read on the shape of the Crows list and the rebuild. I just want to hear your thoughts on, um, I guess, the future of your old club over the, over the coming years. You know, we're very aggressive in, in a rebuild. So as you guys know, that, that rebuild doesn't start in year one. It takes time. So as a list demographic, we're probably at our low point this year and to a certain extent next year in regards to our age and games played. So not everything's linear, but to go from three wins to seven to eight, and I think the consistency uh, is probably where we got to this year. So I think bringing Isaac into the group, but more having that cohesion as a young group. You know, the focus for us was let's contract this young group. We've gone to four drafts pretty significantly. Uh, let's contract into that. Let's expose it, play games together. And, and then from there, see where that gap analysis is. Yeah, I think for me, the forward end starting to look really strong with Rochelle, Phil Thorpe, uh, obviously got Tex, uh, we've got Rankin now and Fogarty. So we've got some real firepower up front, which is going to scare a lot of def- uh, defenders. Uh, midfield's still the question mark. We're still trying to get some real speed and some class on the outside. I feel we've got enough inside uh, and probably a big fella down back to help out the boys there. But uh, yeah, I'm with Justin there. I think they've had a really clear plan where they want to get to. They've been building slowly over three years. Um, next year's going to be important. They need to, you know, get close to 10 wins um, and keep attracting, you know, if they can get one top-end talent every year and build upon that, uh, they're going to be, you know, on the right track. So it's uh, come from a long way back, haven't they, the Crows? But I think they're starting to build um, some good talent. But obviously draft picks are going to be key. Absolutely. And just a quick one, I know hindsight's twenty twenty and all that sort of stuff, but last year the Crows offered three first-rounders uh, for Jason Horn-Francis. It's wait here from Cal Toomey. The Crows ended up using those three first-rounders on Josh Rochelle, pick six in 2021, Jordan Dawson, a future first-rounder, which will be this year, and Isaac Rankin. So who would you rather, Jason Horn-Francis or those three players? It's a... Um, Interesting. Time, time will tell. Time Come. will tell. Absolutely. Anyway, boys, that's me. Thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Sam Fantasia with our uh, AFL Trade Radio update. And we're here for Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. After the break, we're going to speak to the new assistant coach of the Adelaide Strikers. Adelaide is... Just loves Adelaide, this bloke. He does. Loves Adelaide. Loves running. Came here 10 years loves ago. cricket. Hasn't yeah, left. He's fantastic. So he's we've given uh, him a job. Big fan of mine. <laughs> I'm going to talk about his, uh, what he's been doing with the T20 and the, uh, what do they call it? The old guys. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. A bit of a tour over in, Indi- in India. After the break, Johan Botha will be, us, be with us. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day. We are here for uh, weeks. You can discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. Paul Bonzer and Richard Douglas here with you. And, Richie, we've got a very special guest on now. He's uh, a new addition to the Adelaide Strikers. And uh, it's the assistant coach of the Adelaide Strikers, Johan Boda, well known to Strikers fans, obviously, and cricket fans all around the world, all thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Johan, welcome to Sports ASA. Good afternoon. Thank you, guys. Now, firstly, before we get on to your involvement with the Strikers, you've just been part of a pretty big Legends T20 tournament in India. How did that go? Uh, it went pretty well. I think uh, I'm 
probably enjoyed it more than I thought. Um, you know, when I stopped playing, it was sort of, I stopped dead 18 months ago and I didn't have any interest in playing. Um, but I suppose the main thing it was, it was good to see um, ex-teammates, ex-guys that I played with and played against. And um, yeah, the cricket went pretty well on the field, but uh, it's not quite cricket season in India at the moment. You can't really say that. It's always cricket season <laughs> there, but it is rainy season, and we had a couple of rain outs. So, you know, we didn't get the five group games that we meant to. But, uh, you know, all in all, it wasn't. It was a good experience. And there were some big name players through all of the teams. Um, uh, Jonty Rhodes was your skipper. Who else played in yep. in the South African side? Uh, we had Jock Rudolph, Vernon Philander, um, Alvira Peterson. We uh, also saw the Australian. Uh, contingent, no. Uh, Andrew Patek was a sort of Monet from Bike. Um, yeah, that was sort of. Oh, Mackayantini, obviously a big name in, yes. in you know South African cricket. He was there. So yeah, that was sort of our team. You know, guys who. You know, we weren't the most serious team out there, but you know, the guys enjoyed each other's company. The guys uh, haven't played in a while. Henry Davis is probably our most recent player, and he played a year ago. Um, and then I would have been second with with 18 months ago. So, you know, our guys still, when we played, we, you know, we try to, you know, leave it all out there, but um, there wasn't much training. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boys in pretty good nick still, or, the, you know, a couple of oh. pies and beers uh, at the evening's break? No, they're not in, in good nick at all. <laughs> no, there's a few boys who, you know, definitely haven't trained a lot. Um since, since retiring, but, uh, you know, hopefully my running influence has, uh, has rubbed off in a couple of them, and uh, the next time I see them, hopefully they're back in, uh, into some sort of a training regime. Speaking about your running, Johan, tell us a bit about that. You're doing a 100-mile run in August in WA, we believe. What's a, what sort of case are you clocking up at the moment? Oh, at the moment, I'm sort of between 100 and 130 a week. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and just trying to stay consistent, you know, in that week, there's obviously a couple of long runs, but, you know, the rest of it is sort of just to keep it ticking over. Um, I've got an event coming up in Loxton, actually, in November, November 11th, which is called the Backyard Ultra. Um, and it's a 6.7K loop, and you do that loop on the hour, every hour, till there's one person remaining. Oh, wow. keep going until you drop. That sounds like hell to me, <laughs> but good luck with that. Hey, tell us about getting back on the cricket. So, You're... Got an assistant role at the Strikers this year. How'd that come about? Tell us a bit about that. I think it came about with just working with the Scorpions, actually. So Luke Williams um, called me in and you know said, "Do I want to be part of the Scorpions for the for the winter when I'm not that busy at St Peter's College?" And um, you know, then you sort of get back into the system. I you know bump into the the, the men's head coaches, Dizzy, and and a couple of the assistant coaches while you're there. And, you know, then you start chatting, and, and one day they just said to me, you want to, you know, catch up for coffee? I didn't really know what it was about, and, you know, we started chatting, and then he said to me, would you be interested in, you know, being the assistant coach for the Adelaide Strikers? And obviously, that's a, you know, it's a huge opportunity. I haven't coached professionally in Australia before, um, and, and that's how it came about, and started helping out a little bit with the Redbacks, probably a session or two a week for the time I was um, in Adelaide in the winter and, um, you know, sort of that's how it all came about. 
Are you excited about the opportunity of being involved in the Big Bash again? Oh, 100%. I think uh, it's, it's a very good competition. Um, you know, the strikers were good last year. You know, obviously didn't get the job done in the end, but they've got a good team. Um, and yeah, it, it's a tournament that sort of got me over yet um, 10 years ago to, to play in it. And it's good to go full circle and now be involved uh, on the coaching side. And you haven't actually left Adelaide, have you, when you came over here <laughs> no, 10 years ago? All. You still live here. you have citizenship in Australia yet? Yes, yes. No, we've, we've had citizenship since my second year at the Sydney Sixers. Um, so year two and three at Sydney, I played as a local. And then my two years at the Hurricanes were all as local. So, but yeah, you're right. I've, I've never left. It was just for the BBL, I would go to Sydney or Hobart. And um, the rest of the time, you know, we've lived in Adelaide. And Johan, uh, talk to us about your future aspirations for, for coaching. Is there any, you strike me as the kind of cricketer, you are very passionate on the field and you seem to give out a lot of instructions. You, do you have, you come across as a really good coach and you're doing some work at Saints with uh, the young boys. Do you have any, you know, future aspirations to go go further with your coaching? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, I'd love to be involved in the professional, you know, setups. Um, hopefully the, the strikers now is, is the start of it to, to get involved in, you know, professional coaching in Australia. I've, I've coached in, in the Caribbean League. I've coached in the PSL. Um, and, and that was sort of to, to get it going um, into, into the professional setups. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I, it's, it's great to work with, you know, some of the best players in the world. And um, you learn a lot still, you know, even having played for 20 years, you still learn a lot from the players and, and the game obviously changes and you need to try and stay with it or stay that one step ahead if you can. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would love to be involved in, in professional teams and, um, you know, if it's in Australia, that's even better. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've had some great experiences in, in the Caribbean and in Pakistan and, uh, you know, hopefully that I can bring to the strikers and, uh, you know, we can put a good campaign together. And what's it like? Uh, have you worked with Dizzy before? One of South Australia's favourite uh, men. Have you worked with Dizzy? If not, what's, uh, how's that going to work out? Actually, I haven't worked with him much. We, we, you know, like I said earlier, with that first catch-up we had, it was, you know, basically to um, get to know each other first. Because in the past, I've been sort of on the opposition team and still playing. And then after a game, you basically just say hello and um, quickly have a quick chat about the game. And, and that's been probably pretty much it but um you know there's obviously he's had some great experiences around the world he's done really well in the uk with the strikers um in the past few seasons so looking forward to obviously learning from him too and and um you know just bringing my side of things and hopefully we can form a good partnership and uh, a good support staff that um you know at times hopefully can challenge the, the team um and then if, if things if there's a couple of speed uh, wobbles along the way, hopefully we can set that straight. And, um, you know, as I said, probably with most tournaments, you need to get to the playoffs. That's where things really count. And, and that's going to be our first aim is to, to get into those playoffs. You win two or three games there, you know, you walk away with the spoils. So hopefully we can, you know, start the season well. And, um, you know, while Lennon Rashid's here, we can get some wins in the board and, you know, when they sort of sub out and Head and Kerry comes back into it, uh, you know, we can be in a good good frame by then and, and they can, you know, 
just uh, bring their stuff from the Australian team and, you know, continue. So as assistant coach, is it a broad role or is there a focus on bowling or fielding? Has Dizzy uh, spoken to you about that as yet? Yeah, I think it will be more on bowling and fielding for me. Um, sort of that's how my coaching started in, in the PSL with, with Dean Jones and, and Tom Moody was as an assistant coach, but more fielding. Um, so I think I'll, I'll sort of take the, the lead in that, a um, bit of bowling stuff. But I love batting coaching, so I'm sure I'll be throwing balls and, and talking to batters and, you know, giving some new ideas, hopefully. And um, I, I think it will be an all-round thing. Um, I think these days you, or myself, I want to be on the tools. I want to be, you know, throwing balls, hitting balls and, and helping out as much as I can. Hey, um, before we let you go, obviously got the World T20, uh, the World Cup coming up very shortly. Where's your alliance uh, sort of with the Australia <laughs> and South Africa and, and how do you see it playing out? Is it? I reckon big, I know. <laughs> the big four, you think, uh, the main contenders or are there some uh, teams outside of Australia, England, India and New Zealand that you think can challenge? Um, well, for your first question, I think Tom Moody um, gave me the answer to that one day. He said, you've always got to back the team you played for. So, you know, he said, till your son or whoever plays for Australia, you've got to stay with South Africa. So I, <laughs> I guess that still answers that. I've still got to stick with South Africa. Um, outside those four, I reckon Pakistan. Pakistan's a team for me. You know, I've worked in that in that space for a while. I, I still think they're a very good team. Obviously, they didn't get a right in that uh, Asia Cup final. They didn't play very well. And, you know, Sri Lanka beat them in the final, but I still think they've got a very good all-round team, um, well led by Barbara Zam. Um, so, yeah, for me, they sort of one of the, the top four anyway um, yeah. coming into the tournament. So I, I, w- I would think them. Um, it just depends if they can get it right uh, on the big occasion. And that's with any team. You know, mm. you've got to win the big moments and um, I think Pakistan for me. It's been great chatting with you again, Johan. And uh, look, Best of luck with your new role at the Strikers. I'm sure we'll see you around Adelaide Oval and around the Adelaide Cricket Nets uh, for a long, long time. I hope you uh, enjoy yourself and have a very successful time and we'll uh, speak to you across the summer. Sounds good. Thanks, Bon. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, Johan. So all thanks to KO. Uh, don't, miss, uh, don't risk missing your teams over the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. That was Johan Botha, the new assistant coach of uh, the Adelaide Strikers. What, what about his run? Like, you only have to Google some of his runs. Yeah. Like, he just, off the cuff there, oh, yeah, I'm probably running 100 to 120 k's a week. No, it's silly stuff, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just don't get it. But uh, he obviously enjoys it and he's passionate about it. Uh, but what a fantastic asset he is for the South Australian cricket. And he's going to do some really good things with Dizzy and the Strikers. Um, and I think he's got a bright future in, in coaching cricket, no doubt, going forward. All right, we'll back up to the break. This is Sports Day SA. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Bonds and Dougie with you here this afternoon. Hope you're enjoying your afternoon. We're all here thanks to Weeks. Discover exceptional, exceptional customer service. Weeks Homes, Discover Different. It's time for the Kia Top 7, Dougie. Beautiful. Favourite yeah. time of the week. Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year, and you can see it at kia.com.au. Now, we'll let you do, I'll let you go first. because right, yeah. 
Let's uh, I'll t- open you've, the you've played more AFL games. Oh, than okay. AFL, so. <laughs> we'll right, yeah, very kind, very kind. Hey, number seven for me, uh, the AFL, the Crows, coming from behind against Fremantle, about three goals down, or yep. two goals down, I think, kick four in the good last. Win. Really good win. Uh, so a really good test for them because they've uh, since round one haven't been challenged too much. So they'll be really pleased with that. Six for me, hey, the Sydney Kings in the NBL have won 14 away games on the trot. Is now an NBL record. Yeah, it's beating amazing. Melbourne United, which oh, I think stands for run. 30 or 40 years. If yeah, I'm... It's a, yeah, it's a... So that, that's amazing. impressive and that needs uh, acknowledgement. So well done to the Kings. Uh, for me, number five is uh, Frio getting Luke Jackson done. Well, probably everyone thought it was going to get done, but it got a little bit murky uh, as trades can do. So yeah. well done to Fremantle getting that done. A shout out to Henry Hunt. At number four, 95 not out to get the Redbacks a draw, get the uh, share the points against the Vicks off 300-odd balls. So Fantastic. Fantastic man. innings. Thought Finchie, oh, no, sorry, Hanscom might have just let him bat an extra two overs to maybe bring up the ton, but wasn't so kind. So well done, Henry. Poor form. Poor form. Poor form. We'd expect nothing less from a Vic, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, motorsport, Shane Van Gisborne, Garth Tander, Win Bathurst. The last time Holden will be at Bathurst, I believe. So yes. fitting that they win that Absolutely. one. In oh, did you see the some oh. of the race conditions? Unbelievable, horrendous, and the mud around the Love track and all over the cars. Yeah, I mean they're going to be some expensive bills. Uh, the crash repairs. You wouldn't mind me a wrecker. You'd make some good coin there. And number two, Max Verstappen, world champ for the second time in a row for Red Bull. Well done to Max. And for me, number one, how can we go past this? Is the Port Adelaide. Uh, hierarchy, Chris Davies and Jason Cripps getting uh, the mag- mega deal done. So fantastic for them, those guys. Um, a little bit jealous getting Horn Francis and Willie Rioli to the power. So well done to those guys. Yeah, it could be anything, Jason Horn Francis. We've seen, I called a lot of his sample stuff uh, early in his career. And yep. it, uh, in that final series, Two seasons ago, he was elite. He yeah, was I experienced that first. And oh, yes, of course. You Sorry, yeah, he's, he's special, but uh, <laughs> pressure will now be on, but I'm sure he'll be able to deliver. What do you got for us, Bonds? I've got the top seven worst uh, trades. Oh, wow. So I like this. This is, uh, this is, you know, just just my top seven. I dug through and see what I could find. So in uh, number seven, two, in 2016, Carlton traded Billy Smets for Zach Tui. Yep. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's not good. That's not great. So Smets played we. nine games and then was delisted. Uh, 2010, Carlton again traded Sean Grigg to Richmond for Andrew Collins. So Grigg became mm. a, a premiership player. Very good player. Ruckman. Yeah, very good yeah. Ruckman yeah. for his height. Ruckman. Uh, 11 <laughs> games, Andrew Collins, and then he was let go. And he coached uh, Westies, didn't he, Andrew Collins? No, different Andrew different Collins. Different Andy Collins. Uh, yeah. A bit after him. Uh, 2007, Richmond traded pick 10 for Jordan McMahon to the Bulldogs. Mm. And the Bulldogs picked up Callum Ward. Oh. Pick 10. Good yep. play. Uh, this probably should be number one. I might, I might, I might just move it down the list. We'll make it okay. number two. So, no, so number four, uh, Frio traded pick four and also to the Bombers. And the Bombers got a compensation pick as well. They got Scott Lucas and Matthew Lloyd with those two picks. Oh, God. Uh, and Frio got Todd Riley, Tony Delaney and Dale Kickett. They're oh. all WA guys. So, uh yeah that's, yeah, that's not fantastic. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, your mob, the Adelaide Crows. Uh, Wayne Carey to the Crows uh, for pick number two. Uh, that was Daniel Wells. Mm. Oh, in, in hindsight, yeah. yeah, it's easy. But, but at the know, time. Value on and off field, well worth the pick two, I would have thought. <laughs> eh? All right, number two. Uh, this is, everyone will know this, Andrew McLeod for Chris Green. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's uh, legendary, that one. It is. And uh, my number one 
in my top seven. Frio trading pick one for Trent Crowe. That ended up being Luke Hodge. Ooh. And then Crowe went back to the Hawks a couple That's of years right. later. And they also traded pick 36 for Luke McFarlane, <sighs> who's, a, who's a good player. And uh, But the Hawks got Sam Mitchell. Oh. So we've got six premierships. No, eight premierships there. We've got yeah. two Norm Smiths. We've got a Brownlow. And a coach. Wow. Okay. So there you go. There's my top seven. I like that. Uh, very good. There's some absolute clangers. And those guys that got those deals through no, no longer in jobs, I would have thought. Hey, it's been fun today. Been good. It's been good to, to get uh, in the seat on sports day. And Hooky will be back tomorrow. He'll, he will. He'll look after you. So, uh, And I might be back at the end of the week. Excellent. Just because. Yeah. Hooky better look out, Bonds. <laughs> and you can rely on your Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. That's about it. All we got for Sports ASA. Thanks again. Tune in tomorrow with Hooky and... Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91